talking Terrence Jones again, but I promise I have new stuff to say on this episode of Locked On Pelicans. I'm Brett Dawson. I know, I know, we're talking Terrence Jones again, but as I promised, it's with a new twist. I'm Brett Dawson. I cover the Pelicans for the New Orleans Advocate, and this is Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And we are talking Terrence Jones again today, but uh, we are going to do that with Ben DuBose, a reporter from Sports Talk 790 in Houston, who also happens to host Locked On Rockets on this same Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, He's going to tell us a little bit about uh, Terrence Jones, about the promise he showed in Houston, about what went wrong this past season, and about uh, what might change for him going forward playing for the Pelicans. So uh, we will get into that very shortly. Um, First, the news of the day, and once again, I don't have any news of the day. Uh, I'm recording this. It's actually late Tuesday night as I'm doing this, uh, and no Pelican signings were made official today on Tuesday. So yesterday, as you listen to this podcast, I do expect they're going to happen this week. I don't know if it'll be today, Wednesday, as you hear this, um, but I, I think it will be before the end of the week. There will be some signings, whether it's everybody, I don't know yet, but uh, at this point, nothing official. It is coming. Nothing has changed. Um, just haven't uh, ironed out all the details and gotten everything signed and ready to go. At some point, I think the, the new signees will do a teleconference. There won't be a press conference in New Orleans, which was the original plan, but as you probably remember, the Luke Babbitt physical pushed all that stuff back, and they couldn't do the press conference, and so... I don't think they're going to be able to get everybody together at once, and so probably just going to be some conference calls, whether that'll be with everybody or individuals uh, one at a time. Who knows? We'll find out. But not really any news to get to today uh, unless it happened you know, early in the morning on Wednesday, in which case maybe we'll record another podcast if it's big, earth-shattering news, and if it's not, again, you'll just find it somewhere else. What we are going to do today is, uh, is talk with Ben DuBose about Terrence Jones, and uh, we will dive into that here in just a minute. But you know what we have to do first, right? I got to remind you to go to theadvocate.com. That's where you're going to find all the Pelicans coverage this offseason and leading into the season. You're going to find lots of coverage as these guys sign their contracts and talk to us, uh, hopefully feature stories about all the the new Pelicans free agents, uh, updates on uh, when rookies sign their contracts, uh, all kinds of updates. Even as we go into a a quiet season in the NBA, there will be some stuff there, not only from me, but from Scott Kushner and our award-winning columnist, Rod Walker. You definitely want to check that out. Also, very important now, Uh, We are really closing in on the start of the football season. So that's the place. If you follow the Saints, if you follow LSU, great coverage of the Saints and LSU camps uh, from Nick Underhill and Joel Erickson on the Saints and Ross Dellinger on LSU. Uh, It's a great team at theadvocate.com. You want to check that out for all your Baton Rouge and New Orleans sports. Also want to remind you, of course, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review if you would. That would be very kind. And feel free to leave a review in addition to a rating. All that stuff really helps us. If you like the podcast, uh, it's it's uh, a big boost to the podcast itself, and, and I really appreciate it. So if you get a chance to do that, please do, uh, and please do subscribe. And finally, just a reminder, if you're interested in advertising on the podcast, our numbers are steadily climbing, and I can talk to you about those numbers. Um, if you own a business, if somebody you know owns a business, you want to pass the word on to them. If you want to get in touch with me about advertising, and I would really appreciate it if you did, uh, that email address is lockedonpelicans at gmail.com. So uh, shoot me an email. We can talk ads. And that is all the announcements. So let's get into talking to Ben DuBose. As I mentioned, Ben is a reporter at Sports Talk 790 in Houston. He also hosts Locked on Rockets on this network. It might be 
our newest podcast. It's certainly one of the newest. It just went on iTunes this week. This thing grows so fast, it's hard to keep up with how many we're adding. Um, but you can search that on iTunes uh, and find Locked on Rockets. And you can actually find yesterday uh, an episode that I did a segment with Ben talking about Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson and how those guys might fit in Houston. And it was kind of a nice trade because we decided to talk a little bit about Terrence Jones and how he might fit in New Orleans. So uh, let's bring in Ben and get to talking about that stuff. So Ben DuBose joins us. And Ben, thanks for being here. Sure thing. Um, we've spent uh, an inordinate amount of time on Terrence Jones uh, on this podcast, given the, uh, the the season he had last year. But right. I have not really talked to anybody who – I covered Terrence as a college player at Kentucky. Gotcha. I've talked to some people who uh, knew a little bit about him then, and obviously I know a lot about him then. But he's played a lot since then, and, and you've seen a lot more of him than I have. He had two really good years in Houston yep. after a rookie year when he was kind of up and down, and then a very bad year this year that – I know some of that was predicated on injuries, but not all of it. So tell me, um, I guess the, the question to put you on the spot right away is what happened to Terrence Jones this year? Um, I, I think for him, it was a confidence issue. He never was in a place where he could get his rhythm back. What ended up, ended up happening, you're right, he had two very good years to start his career. Uh, by his second season in Houston, he was really, I'd say, a average to above average starter, power forward. And, you know, no one thought he was going to be a star, but he looked like he could be a guy that would be a solid power forward for a number of years. And he started off year, th- year three even better. You know, in training camp, the preseason, the first week of the year, he, uh, you know, he had a great start. He even had a couple of 25 and 10 games. And then uh, he had a very weird injury. That's the best way I know to describe it. Um, basically, a leg nerve issue that, Later on, he said it was related to something in his back. Now, granted, it wasn't an actively a back injury. It was that basically he couldn't feel his his foot. His nerve was not communicating well. And at one point, they wondered if it might cost him his career. He did work his way back from that, but uh, he never seemed to quite be all the way back athletically. He then, in the ultimate fluke injury, suffered a collapsed lung, got a bad elbow from a uh, Kenneth Fareed on a loose ball. And so basically that whole 2014-2015 season, he was never quite himself physically because of the the leg nerve issue and then the collapsed lung. He was always kind of fighting his way back. And then you had guys like Tadatis Yunus and Josh Smith that were well-established and had earned playing time in his absence. Um, This past year, I did think he was more healthy. It's just, um, you know, again, he had a couple of fluke injuries here and there. And it always seemed like that he never, um, you know, never earned his trust with the Rockets. You know, when the Rockets got off to that underachieving start last year, patience went out the window. And so I think they would have liked to have given Terrence a chance to kind of play more minutes and see if athletically he could get back to the guy he was his first two seasons. But with the Rockets last year, when you have a team that's supposed to be a championship contender, but inexplicably ends up around 500, you have the coach, uh, the GM, everyone in the organization is trying to push the envelope at all times. And, you know, there'd be there'd be glimpses here and there where Jones would play well, but he just never got the consistent playing time to see if he could work his way back. Are you surprised? Obviously, there, there were it was a weird year. He had a, a string of kind of odd injuries. He had a car yep. accident yep. before the All-Star game. He had and, an eye issue, yeah. Yeah. And even with all that, an upper respiratory thing, which I don't know how much of that was needing to make him inactive. I don't know what that situation was toward the end there. A little bit of both. Yeah. Um, 
But are you surprised, given the two years that he had there, even though one was injury-shortened, and the numbers he put up in, in that stretch, which were pretty good, and he wasn't, he wasn't bad defensively in that stretch. He was okay. I mean, he's never, he's never been a great defender, but he was okay. Yeah. I just wonder, did it surprise you at all in this particular summer, given some of the contracts floating around out there, that this guy, even coming off that year, Terrence Jones would be looking at something like a league minimum contract? Yeah, it did. Because if you go back to um, October and November, you had Zach Lowe writing that he could potentially be a $15 million a year player. And now granted, that's, you know, that was before this season, but it's hard to imagine that someone's market value could go from 15 million before season to basically the league minimum after it, you know, that's quite a, uh, that's quite a rapid decline. And usually you'll find some team that's willing to bet on the upside. And I, I don't know why it wasn't. I think part of the issue with Terrence Jones, I think sometimes guys who struggle on playoff teams, especially contenders, can get undervalued because their quote-unquote flaws get exposed on the biggest stage. You know, it's kind of like the Harrison Barnes syndrome on a lesser scale. You know, Harrison Barnes, you could you can build build a nice case that he might be a good player in the NBA, but he played poorly in the NBA Finals, and all of a sudden it's like this narrative turns against him. Now, I understand that, you know, Barnes still did get a max contract, so it's not a, you know, a perfect right. parallel. But, um, you know, I think that's kind of where it starts. And with Terrence, what ended up happening, his second year, that was when he really had a breakout year, that 20, uh, 2013-2014 season with the Rockets. And he basically had a bad playoff series. He went up against LaMarcus Aldridge, LaMarcus Aldridge then on the Blazers and Aldridge just had an all time great playoff series. Even when the Rockets switched Dwight Howard onto him, he still went off Aldridge, which was tremendous that series, but it kind of, you know, it kind of hit home Terrence's one weakness, which is that he's not that um, strong. You know, he's not that strong on the low block. You know, he's definitely not the traditional power forward that just, holds his ground and tries to bully you in the low post. And, you know, that was just the start of a narrative, a little bit unfair that, uh, you know, Jones doesn't play well on the biggest stage. And so I think when you combine that with the Rockets underachieving season and him not getting the minutes, you know, there's just kind of this narrative that got out of control against Terrence Jones. And, you know, it's not totally undeserved, but, uh, you know, it, it, it went overboard, I would say. The Rockets have played a couple of different ways, but they, they have tended to play fairly fast. Has he fit reasonably well with a team that's played with tempo when, they, when they've done that? Yeah, I think that's when he does well. You even had him playing um, stretches as a small ball five at times. But the one thing about Terrence, he has a really uh, high basketball IQ. You know, and I'm sure you remember this from his days at Kentucky. For a big man, he sees the floor very well. Yep. He makes some great passes and – so he fits in kind of a small ball spacing environment because, yeah, his one weakness, and I think at this point you just have to live with it, it's going to be tough for him to convert his body into much different than he is. Yeah. I think one of the problems with, uh, you know, in between years two and three with the Rockets, there's a lot of what ifs. There's like, well, what if we can keep his skills while also making him, you know, bulk him up 10 or 20 pounds to where he can hold his own in the post against LaMarcus Aldridge a little easier to go back to that example that I just threw out. And I just, you know, at this point he is who he is. I think you have to accept his limitations and just play to his strengths, which is the athleticism, the high basketball IQ 
And so, yeah, I think that fits pretty well in an up-tempo system as opposed to uh, a more traditional setup. Yeah, I mean, I, I think too, he's going to take some bad threes, too. I mean, he's going to take some ill-advised three-point shots because he likes to take threes. Yep. But but he's also, he can make enough of them. It's it's He's below league average, but he's probably not below league average for a power forward. Right. You have to respect him at least a little. You, you can't leave him alone, which is a thing a lot of people were doing uh, with a lot of the Pelicans last year. Yeah, and he actually said uh, before each of the last two years that he was working out a lot at uh, developing his three-point range. You know, that there were people within the, within the Rockets that thought he would be, you know, upper 30s, close to 40%. What ended up happening, he couldn't stay on the floor, so we never got the sample size to see that. But, yeah, it's an emphasis of his. I, I think Terrence knows that if he's going to stick in the league as a power forward, he has to hit from the perimeter at at least a league average rate. And so, you know, will it work out? That remains to be seen, but it's definitely a big focus of his. Yeah, he's a fascinating guy to me from the standpoint that he wants to be in New Orleans. There aren't that many guys like that. I mean, he wanted to come here because of Anthony Davis yep. and their connection. He, he could have made a little money elsewhere, a little more money elsewhere is my understanding. Not a lot. He was not going to get a, you know, he was not going to get $5 million a year. He might have been able to make a little more somewhere else than he was going to make here, but he wants to be here. And to me, he's an intriguing guy because you bring a guy like that in on a one-year either the minimum or very close to it, uh, and then you you give him the prospect of getting released out into a, another free-spending free agency next summer, yeah. and just say, hey, show me what you got. It's I, I think it's a good gamble. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's... At knowing him as I do from following him these four years in Houston, he's a guy who really depends on being comfortable. You know, he works hard. He's a good kid. He's extremely quiet, as I'm sure you remember from Kentucky. Uh, it's funny, like, before the games, most of... You know, the media, the Rockets pregame staff kind of huddle around James Harden's locker because, you know, if Harden's able to talk, that's who everybody wants to talk to. Terrence has his had his locker right next to Harden, and he would just sit there the entire time, not really say a word to anybody, you know, just quietly. You know, he eats his his pregame meal, you know, listens to, you know, music, whatever it is that he's got in his headphones. But he's just uh, – and he's a guy when it goes to on the floor as well – when he had a consistent role those first two years as a starter, you know, you would see, you know, you'd see him take more chances. Whereas when it, when it got to the last two years and a lot of it was injury related, but when he got yanked in and out of the lineup, he just took so many, um, he just never looked comfortable. I would say he just, I, I don't know how to explain it. He was just, seemed timid he didn't go up as strongly as you would normally see him and so I think he's a guy he just never looked comfortable and you never saw him like he was the first two years and so yeah he's a classic case of you know he doesn't go out of his way to fit in easily you know he's a quiet guy it depends on the structure being there for him that's what he benefited from the last the first two years the last two years there were a lot more uncertainty and it, that just didn't go well with him. So I think he wants to go somewhere where he can get a defined role. And, I, you know, that's where it would serve him best. The last thing I'll ask you, and you, you kind of touched on this is in particular, talking about how quiet he is in the locker room. But also you said he, he is a hard worker. And I wonder, because I don't know anything about him as an NBA player, really, from this standpoint, is just what's his reputation in terms of, you know, being a locker room guy, in terms of his work ethic and the things he does to, to get better? What, what, what's his reputation on that end of things? His reputation is that he works hard, 
you know, he definitely, as I said, he's expanded his three-point game every single year. Um, he's definitely a, you know, a good guy, a hard worker. The one weakness with him is confidence. I think everybody that's ever watched him would say that he that his confidence ebbs and flows. And there are times when you'll see him finish at the rim with authority. There are times you'll see him double pump two or three times uh, because he's afraid of a, a shot blocker that may or may not be there. You know, there are just stretches when he gets timid. But at the same time, it's I, I would say it's a unique timid because he's not afraid of the moment. You know, one of my favorite Terrence Jones moments as a Rocket actually came in that third season that was so injury-plagued. If you go back and watch Game 5 of the first-round series when the Rockets played the Mavs, um, Jones was the guy that basically closed them out in the fourth quarter. Uh, It was a close game with about four or five minutes left. Uh, He had a big three. He had a big drive. I believe he had an alley-oop to Dwight Howard. And he had done nothing in that game really hadn't done that much in the series and all of a sudden with six minutes left here he is you know captain cool just making these plays down the stretch so i wouldn't say that he's nervous in the traditional sense that well the moment gets big and he's thinking too much i think it's that um he thrives on structure he thrives on consistency knowing his role and that's what disappeared the last two years with the Rockets between the injuries, um, the sense of urgency with the Rockets to try all sorts of new guys because it was the ultimate win now. You know, so they threw Josh Smith as a starter. They threw Donatus Manayunas. Uh, I, I think he's a guy, his inconsistency traces back to his desire for structure. And so that's why I, that's what I think he sees in New Orleans. You know, obviously he has a relationship with Anthony Davis. But he believes that it's a place where he can go and kind of get back to, um, you know, a set of level expectations. Because I do think it's a good value play by him. You know, rather than take a little bit more money somewhere else, the bottom line is how can he reestablish his value and get back to the market in the summer of 2017 with the potential that people thought he had, you know, this time a year ago. Yep. Very good. Hey, Ben, he's a guy, I think, an X factor for this group. He's a real mystery. And so I appreciate you uh, shedding a little light for us. Definitely. Glad to be on. So my thanks to Ben DuBose. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Ben DuBose or at Locked on Rockets for the show. And I, uh, again, advise you to check out that show and, and check out my segment on there uh, this week. That's all for today. I think we have exhausted our Terrence Jones talk, at least for now. But uh, we had done this with the other free agent signees or commitments. And I wanted to have somebody on to talk about Terrence Jones in the way that we did with Solomon Hill and Langston Galloway and Etwan Moore. And now with that done, we will move on to other topics. What are those topics going to be? Well, that's going to depend some on the news of the day and who signs when and, and who we get to talk to and when. So it'll be an adventure. Maybe there will be some, uh, some free agents to talk about signing. Maybe there will be some uh, sound from those free agents. Maybe I'll have more guests Who really knows? What I can tell you is that we will have two more podcasts this week. We will have all kinds of stuff to talk about, and I will be here doing that, and I hope you will be too. 